Hey everyone, Pax here. When we first started Brotakus, we had one goal in mind. To single-handedly dominate the burgeoning anime podcasting market, crushing them under our heels. Uh, we'd already succeeded in stopping Joey the Anime Man's podcast, The Anime Show, from continuing, despite his last episode airing two years before our podcast even debuted. His sequel, however, Trash Taste, with Sea Dog, VA, and Giguk, still dominates the market, with those bastards over at IGN Anime Club still hawking garbage to those ever-oinking swine they called a fan base. Now, although Critical Role is not strictly an anime podcast, uh, the entire cast is made up of anime voice actors, and we'd hoped that the overwhelming success of Brotakus would, by this time, have driven them all into severe unemployment and alcoholism. Yet they still remain, and Brotakus appears to have failed on every conceivable level. Now, any podcast grows, goes through growing pains, after all. Uh, this American Lifer started out as a three-hour-long, free-form podcast where Ira Glass would talk about why his marriage was falling apart and why the Spanish are, uh, quote, inherently duplicitous, shifty race of paella people. Uh, the Joe Rogan experience initially began as a ASMR podcast where listeners could enjoy the sound of Joe Rogan moaning while slowly chewing elk meat and crunching on brain blast pills, sitting half an inch away from his Blue Yeti microphone with the game turned up to max. And yet, Brotaku's growth has been more painful than most. What initially began as an innocent, happy effort to drive all of our competitors into an inevitable oxycodone overdose slowly evolved into something darker. We used to be happy, sitting down after a long day of work and chatting about what we thought Frieza's feet smelled like or which Naruto character has a WAP. But slowly, things began to degrade. We started getting into huge fights over listenership numbers, blaming ourselves, but then eventually each other. It all came to a head one day after we received a devastating piece of correspondence from Popeyes, the renowned Louisiana Chicken Company, which I will now uh, read in full. And actually, Hal, could you read this letter from Popeyes that we received? Uh, if I have to read it again, sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, to whom it may concern, although the Popeyes team greatly appreciates the enthusiasm with which you approached us to inquire about a potential sponsorship opportunity, we must admit that the nature of your request perplexes us. Firstly, your insistence that Popeyes was my favorite anime, please give us money, seemed spurious on multiple counts. We assumed that you were referring to the 1919 American cartoon character Popeye the Sailor Man. Unfortunately, we are not related to the Popeye the Sailor Man character, nor, to our knowledge, is Popeye an anime character. Additionally, we did not find that, upon requesting your listenership numbers, that just trust me, bro, please, I need a win, I just need a freaking win, man, to be an adequate response. While we appreciate your interest in collaborating with our company, we will, unfortunately, be forced to decline the generous opportunity with which you have presented us. We still welcome you in our establishment and encourage you to try our new butterfly fish and chicken tackle box combo meal, as well as our new limited time chocolate beignet desserts. Truly yours, Popeyes of America. So, yeah, this really effed me up. Yeah. And I definitely took it out of my co-host. Yep. Uh, we would usually spend 15 minutes before the episode hyping each other up. I would down four liters of G Fuel Gamerberry Delight. Mm -hmm. Hal would brainstorm a few lies about how he totally saw this week's anime, mm -hmm. and all was well. After the Popeye's letter, however, I grew cruel and angry. I'd hurl racially charged slurs at him, which is a side effect of G Fuel. He'd call me a fake fan and say that I, quote, wasn't even a real gamer. So, you know, we were both doing equally bad stuff there. Uh, eventually, however, it reached a tipping point, and we knew that we were going to have to make some significant changes to the podcast if our partnership was going to last. Uh, we knew that we couldn't compete in the anime field, however, uh, but we wanted to keep some type of connection to our roots. 
We scoured the internet researching day and night trying to find a new angle. How can we make this work, we thought. What isn't being talked about in a podcast form that we could take advantage of? That's when it hit us. Hal gave me a call and said, Pax, I know we wanted to get out of the anime game, but maybe the problem isn't that we've been talking about anime, it's that we need to do a deep dive on one specific anime. I thought it was crazy, but I was willing to hear him out, and all my doubts disappeared when I heard what he had in mind. A total shift of the podcast, from talking about anime in general to talking about one specific show, the greatest anime of all time and also the first anime ever made, the Ur anime from which all others descend, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. With that said, please enjoy our new podcast. We worked really, really hard on it, and I think that you're going to enjoy it. Thank you for sticking with us this long, and I hope you enjoy our new evolution. We couldn't have done it without our faithful listeners, so, without further ado, I present you Hal and Pax's new podcast. Please, enjoy. Hello everybody, I'm Hal. And I'm Pax. And this is Scooby Dudes, the only podcast solely focused on the work and history of Scooby Doo. We believe you don't need a major in duology to enjoy this wild, beautiful, and strange art form. And we're lucky to have you on this journey with us. Shout out to all of our Scooby Duties out there. We appreciate your support and all of the messages of support we receive. Do you want to join the Duty Squad? Well, find us at Scooby Dudes on Patreon, where for only $45 a month, you can subscribe to our premium Discord server, where you can find the hottest Scooby Doo memes and news, as well as a monthly Q&A where you can ask us all of your questions about duology and the do fandom. Hashtag do life, baby. <laughs> now, don't have, tw- don't have $45 a month to spend? Well, first off, get a job. But if you're going to mooch off of us, then at least tell your friends and family about us so they can give us $45 a month. Please and thank you. Boom. So, Pax, how are we doing today? What are we, uh, I, I know that we've been working on this for a while. This felt like a long time coming, and I'm really glad that we did this together because it really felt like we were reaching a breaking point. But... I don't know if everyone's going to understand exactly why we did this. Can you just like sum it up in just like one sentence? Why? Why? Why Scooby Doo's? I think because there's only one good anime and it's Scooby Doo. I think that that's really the case. You think of like that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. What has sticking power for decades and decades and decades? I mean, Dragon Ball Z doesn't have even like a tenth of the movies that Scooby Doo does. True. You know, and in terms of our childhood, a lot of people have memories of the first time they saw uh, a clip of you know Cowboy Bep Bep on Adult Swim at you know mm. two in the morning. But mm. way more people have a memory of the first time they got an erection watching the Hex Girls in the Scooby Doo mm. Halloween special. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. That's and and you know what? I feel like this has been sort of like that the 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 the. the new jar of Pringles like in the back of my snack cabinet Mm. the one that like I've been looking for for a long long time the one that I knew I bought (laughs) the one I knew I had but I couldn't find it until one day I cleared out the snack cabinet in like a fit of of, of rage and I saw it right in the back and and that's what Scooby is to me it is an unopened bag of uh bag can of Pringles do you frequently have this Pringles issue I feel like you presented that as a universal experience I'm not sure that I've had this Pringles issue before what are you a fucking cop like like (laughs) You're right. You're right. Fuck. 
fuck me, man. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry, fellow Scooby dudes. Um, but I think you hit on something important earlier, which is that not everybody is going to really understand the uh, motivation behind the shift. And I think that that's because not everybody really accepts. Um, most people do. Most people, when you say anime, they think, oh, you mean Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Yes. And then you go, no, 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 like Dragon Ball Z. And you go like, right. oh, Japan, Japanese anime, a Japanese one. Um, but for for those strange um, Neanderthal-blooded troglodytes who are busy scuffling around on their knuckles around there, who who don't yet recognize this as a uh, an anime, I think we should kind of dig into why is its status as the er anime indisputable? So we we prepared a couple of reasons here, brother, right? And I think right. we're going to educate the, our uh, ignorant audience as to why. Right, and and stick with us, guys. If at any point it's not making any sense, go read a fucking book, educate yourself. Um, just I don't know, try to do better. And we're going to go through the yes. list real quick. So starting off first. It's a band of high schoolers with seemingly non-existent or dead parents traveling across the country going on insane adventures, often going up against otherworldly powers. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, where'd I hear of that before? Uh, yeah. an anime, maybe? Hmm. Maybe anime? Yeah. Okay, so um, second off, detective show, just like Lupin the Third. The first anime was the inspiration for um, for Sherlock Holmes, and there's a couple of things where oftentimes there'll be a mystery in an anime, and this is one all about mysteries. That, and it also has the indisputable power of friendship no jutsu, the spirit of friendship that ties them together and always saves the day. Absolutely. And, you know, it is high schoolers that never live with their family, only in their own apartments. I'm thinking the, the Freddy Shaggy Scooby household, the Velma Daphne household. Right, right. Then you have the classic anime, specifically shonen protag trope, Shaggy, mm. who eats a lot like Naruto, yes. Luffy, or Goku. There's always a binge eater in anime. Where they get that inspiration? Hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, I'm, uh, uh, you take the next one because the, the one after that I'm, I'm really passionate about. Oh, that, 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 uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island takes place on an island beach, specifically a Louisiana island beach. And every anime, every single one needs a beach episode. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the core elements of, of anime is like how racially problematic they are. Yes. I'm thinking the, uh, I'm thinking the black housekeeper in, uh, uh, Promised Neverland. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, uh, every character who isn't like white presenting in Dragon Ball Z, who yes. looks like a Sambo doll. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I'm currently looking at the poster for Scooby Doo and the Monster of Mexico, a which classic. has Scooby with two maracas and Shaggy wearing a sombrero, seemingly curb stomping the legendary Chupacabra <laughs> as the uh, as the title for Scooby-Doo and the Monster of Mexico, this seminal early 2000s Scooby-Doo movie. So racially problematic. It's an anime. It's an anime. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and speaking of uh, otherworldly, the Scooby-Doo gang regular gets thrown regularly gets thrown into different worlds and dimensions in their movies. <laughs> Isekai much? Isekai, come on. Come on. Where do you think Dot Hack got it from? Scooby-Doo, yeah. nerd. Jesus, you're so fucking dumb. You right. who are listening to this, I but, hate you. Right, but, but stick with sorry, us, stick with sorry, us, because we have even better reasons why it's yes, still absolutely. the anime. Three words, talking, animal, sidekick. This is basically a persona game with how much it leans into the sentient animal mascot trope. You gotta have one of these in your anime. And Scooby-Doo has it abounded. It even, it even has Scrappy-Doo. You know what I mean? They double down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just in case one wasn't enough. They liked it so much, they did it twice. So much mm. like in the original Godzilla and King Kong, it's all just people in monster suits 
Thus, mm-hmm. El Chupacabra is a kaiju. Checkmate atheists. Yeah. Um, now, there is a late because of food trope in Scooby-Doo. Scooby and Shaggy are constantly eating, cooking up a sandwich um, uh, in the Scooby-Doo series, and they're constantly getting in trouble because they were too busy eating. Mm-hmm. Much like the typical trope of the shonen protagonist who's too who's late running to school and needs to run with the toast in their mouth. So this is just the er toast in mouth experience as these kind of like late pothead sandwich devourers here in mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo. Also, look, if you're not going to say it, Pax, I'll say it. Daphne Sundere, Velma Zadandere, mm-hmm. boom, duh, both yep. have been portrayed as shockingly thick, Shocking. very anime-style fan service, and, and I'm looking very. at you, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Absolutely, and I'm thinking monologues for exposition, and I would have gotten away with the two if it weren't for you meddling kids. Classic. Those four-hour-long monologues taking up 17 episodes in Dragon Ball Z before anything even happens, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking they got that from Scooby-Doo. I'm thinking they got it from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. No such thing as too much exposition. Also, no, Fred is a class rep. Shaggy's clearly a, del- a delinquent. Velma is mm-hmm. a hikikomori. It, uh, tropes, uh, abound. tropes abound. Tropes abound. Abound. They are b- bounding, bounding everywhere. And our final example here, which this is, I mean, we really only need this one to kind of checkmate and, you know, close the case on this, yeah. is that Scooby-Doo, it's animated. Like duh. how anime is, duh. Also, it's animated movies like never hit American theaters, just like anime, just mm-hmm. like how anime is. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. So uh, if that doesn't convince you, then you should just turn this off right now. You're never going to get it. You're never going to attain your dreams. You should just never. give up on everything right now. But for those of you who want to remain, those of you who can pick yourself up out of the primordial sludge um, of, <laughs> of, of your, your ancient, ancient ancestors yeah. without any brain cells, um, <laughs> stick with us as we go into the Scooby-Doo News Corner. <laughs> All right, gang, let's talk about the most important news of the week, ranking it on our patented Scooby scale. Hey, gang, looks like we got another mystery on our hands. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, our Bro Takus News Corner was getting to be one of our most popular segments, and so we figured, you know, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. So here we go. Cracking this mystery. First off, a Scooby-Doo animated film is set to hit streaming services next month. That's right. Scooby-Doo the Sword and the Scoob is set to release soon, and we have an exclusive blurb for our duty squad right here. Mm -hmm. Quote, Morgan Le Fay sends the gang back in time to the days of Camelot, where they meet King Arthur and Merlin. Shaggy accidentally releases Excalibur, causing chaos in the land, leading the gang to go on a rescue mission when Shaggy is kidnapped. Thoughts? Thoughts? How do we feel about the, the sword and the scoob? You know, you know, I'm going to say, if I had to rate this on a mm. scale of Scooby Snacks, mm. I'm going to give this five whole Scooby Snacks. Five Scooby Snacks. Five Scooby Snacks. Boom. Put it down. Five Scooby Snacks. No more commentary on this. It's great. You got Matthew Lillard returning. You got the voice of Azula. I forgot her name. Her name is like Gray something playing uh, uh, Velma or uh, Daphne. I forget the research here. But again, we're starting in in duology. We, We just got our bachelors. We're heading for the masters. So give me time to learn this. Five Scooby Snacks for Scooby-Doo animated movie coming out. Um, you want to take the next one? Yeah, next up, the ever-given inter... Take it again, you got this. Next up, the ever-given intercontinental cargo ship has blocked the Suez Canal. With total damages reaching upwards of $1 billion, intercontinental trade has ground to a halt. What are we going to do, gang? 
Yeah, so this is some this is some bad news, man. I think the ship is has just been freed, but it's mm-hmm. got, it's going to you know lead to supply chains absolutely collapsing throughout the Western and Eastern world. Really, a catastrophic world event here for uh, for the world economy. Uh, what are we rating this news, man? What are we rating this news? I think this is a jeepers. I think this is definitely a jeepers. Nah, man, this is absolutely a zoinks if oh, I ever heard it. You're seriously yeah. gonna get a jeepers? I, I'd give it a jeepers, but if you want to stick with the zoinks, we'll we'll Ooh. give it the official uh the official no. um scooby doo zoinks whoa, whoa, whoa. we are co-hosts can we meet in the middle on here so we take the zoinks at one end the jeepers on the other and what's in the middle jinkies jinkies, exactly. uh, jinkies. Exactly. so uh, the the official scooby dudes rating for this is going to be a jinkies a jinkies for this news of the ever given blocking the suez canal now next up for our uh, scooby dudes news corner finally republican congressman matt getz has been uh, forced to pause his regularly scheduled program of demanding that transgender teens be forced to wear diapers at all times so they can safely poop in their pants rather than terrorize their classmates by using the school bathrooms what caused him to pause his noble crusade well evidence is mounting that matt getz has been active in sex trafficking teenage girls as well as grooming and assault a 17-year-old. After several disastrous interviews, the pressure is mounting for Republican Congressperson Matt Getz to resign. Thoughts? Thoughts on this news? Yeah. On, uh, on Mr. Matt Getz doing this? Now, 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 I, I do gotta just kind of like throw out here, I am so tired of I'm so tired of these so-called cisgender people going around engaging in human trafficking and assaulting teenagers. You know, this whole cisgender movement has has just gone too far, and I'm willing to say it. Cisgender ideology, their whole idea that we're going to have kids that are cisgender and convert mm-hmm. them to all this. It's like, it's frankly disgusting to me, this ideology going on. So so really worried about this. You Any thoughts on this news? You know, honestly, I, I I can't even say that much other than how I would rate it because I feel like mm, just these mm. next three words are going to really sum it all up. Uh, right. So together for, now, for we're rating we're rating Congressman Matt Gates being found out to be uh, active in a sex trafficking ring. So the official Scooby Dudes rating together now. I don't even need to guess what you're going to rate this because no. we got this. So yep. three, two, one, raggy, an absolute big rut row. Big rut row raggy. Definitely not a good look for you, fam. Definitely not looking good. Delete this. Make it make sense. Your yeah. silence is deafening. Shattered from the rooftops. I'm just trying to see something. There's a lot to unpack here. Why is no one talking about? It? Oh, you said the quiet part out loud. This, but unironically, I will just leave this here. Newsflash, you sweet summer child. Rut row raggy. Official Scooby Dudes rating for this news. Absolutely. And that has been our Scooby News Corner. We'll see you meddling kids next time. And we're back. So, so much like Brotaku's, you know, we do the news corner, we do the the kind of roundup at the top, but we have a a core subject today, right? How? What are we talking about today on Scooby Dudes? So, for those of you who 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 don't know, uh, Scooby Doo was originally created by Warner Bros. But but uh, they've mm. been around for about fifty two years now, and they've done some pretty interesting associations in some of their works. Um, mm. And like we said before, not all of those works got to the big screen. In fact. Most of them didn't, going straight to DVD, the small screen, or or just streaming services. And sources from the Scooby-Dudes News Corner have found a secret new works made mm-hmm. by Warner Bros. and Studio Madhouse. That's right. We're not just talking about the original anime, the Alpha and Omega anime. We're talking about that anime is now seen as an anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
We got mm -hmm. the best of both worlds in this new works. Scooby-Doo and the Gnarled King. That's right, everyone. That is right. So let me give you a quick subject, uh, a, a, a quick deep dive into the plot of Scooby-Doo and the Gnarled King. Spit it, brother. Come on. So. Scooby and the gang are about to turn over a dastardly criminal when they're suddenly transported to a grim alternate reality where real monsters outnumber humanity ten to one. After Velma is gravely wounded in a surprise attack by evil undead creatures later introduced as ghouls, she undergoes a horrific transformation that can only be reversed by killing the first ghoul, the Gnarled Lord. Ooh. Ooh. With the help of the human resistance, Scooby and the gang take up their blades against the forces of darkness to save their friend. Really, really great, you know, solid. I think the best Scooby-Doo adventures always end in, hey, there's a cool new world, there's a supernatural element here. And I think the choice to uh, to, to nearly kill off Velma right away here is a, is, a, is a friggin' brave one. And to introduce, like, murder as a necessity on this one, you could really see see that they're stretching their wings, you know? Well, that, that and it really introduces the concept of, a, of our immortality. You know, you yeah. know, we're talking about teenagers. We're talking about stolen youth. We're talking Under about, you know, the monsters yeah. who are originally just men in mass stealing our youth from us, and we're allowing it. So in a way, we're almost complicit in our, the loss of our mm. lives. Uh, but in this case, um, it's literally just a ghoul murdering somebody, and I think that that right, brings yeah. it back to, to to something more simple. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, you know, and, and I'm glad they kind of have these big simple metaphors going here. So I hear that this world is pretty lore rich from what you were telling me before, right? Could you kind of give me a little uh, little taste of that? Well, the movie is about three hours in length total. Mm. Um, and this, and I watched the, uned, the uncut version, um, but but uh, oh, I'll, so I'll that's but that's before that's before the kind of like Snyder cut, like director's cut um, uh, version. Yeah. Of it. Okay. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, Studio Madhouse really went hard for this one. You know, Warner Bros. approached them. They said, hey, we really want to do an East to West type thing. How can we do this? And Studio Madhouse was like, all right, you know, like, we're going to do this. They did. They went hard the same way Phil Collins went hard for the Tarzan soundtrack. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I'll just do a quick uh, lore dump for all of you lore junkies out there. All of our Scooby-Doo. Dump Scooby all duties. over me, man. Yeah, Unleash absolutely. a hot Scooby-Doo all over us right so, now. Um, so, so the opening cut scene of the movie uh, establishes the premise. Dragons once ruled the world during the, during the Age of Ancients. A primordial fire known as the First Flame manifests in the world, establishing a distinction between life and death, as well as light and dark. Four Ruh -roh. beings, Ruh -roh. four beings find Lord Souls near the First Flame, granting immense power. Gwyn, the Lord of Sunlight, Nido, the First of the Dead, the Witch of Isolith, and the Furtive Pygmy. <laughs> Shout out, to, shout out to all our Furtive Pygmy stands around there. We know you're out there. We get your letters. We will talk about the Furtive Pygmy one of these episodes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Gwyn, Needle, and the Witch use their new power to destroy the dragons and take control over the world, while the Furtive Pygmy is said to be forgotten, and thus begins the Age of Fire. Now, one of these things about the Age of Fire and how it, mm. it descends into darkness when the Gnarled King takes over with his hordes of ghouls. Uh, what, mm. what I find so interesting is how, you know, Gwyn, Nido, the Witch of Isolith, and the Furtive Pygmy take their new forms in, in, in the Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated gang. You know, uh, uh, Fred as Gwyn, the Lord of Sunlight, mm. um, uh, Velma, the First of the Dead, uh, Daphne as the Witch of Isolith, and Shaggy as the Furtive Pygmy. I really think Dude, that there were- Dude, he is such a Furtive Pygmy. He is such a Furtive Pygmy. Such a furtive pygmy. I mean, it's like tag yourself. I'm a Nito yeah. first of the dead type. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But but for Shaggy, that totally works. Totally I totally fits. see it. I totally love fits. it for him. Uh, and, and you know what? This is um, 
this is the kind of take that we never get to see for for modern day anime. Right. Yeah. Um, we never get to see like such cool original reimaginings of um, of iconic characters. I think they did something really brave here, Pax. I think so too because you know it's it's like the uh, people got mad when they redid Teen Titans as Teen Titans Go and kind of made them like chibi mm-hmm. um and you know just kind of whipped a new art style on them and 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 did that but rarely do we get this big darker reimagining of things you know like this is like the the kind of like DC grim dark remake of Scooby Doo right that's what people have always kind of wanted you know well yeah and I've really always wanted to see Shaggy wield a Buster Blade you know uh mm. one of the long swords that take up about uh, twice the length of his body I have always wanted to see this especially after seeing his strapping forearms for the first time when I was a child. Um, I think that awakened something inside me. Oh, but, really? And you just need it? You, you thought, what if that was wrapped around a hilt of a buster blade, those yes. arms that Shaggy has? Yes. <laughs> Have you not? What are you, a fucking cop? <laughs> well but, said. Uh, That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> but but um, I, I'm not sure if everyone's getting the full picture here. For those of you watching, for those of you listening, we really want to paint this for you. Keep going. I until it really gets to the big screen. So... So actually, what I really wanted to, to talk about was that incredible fight scene with Daphne and Fred against the hordes of the, of the, the Gnarled King's ghouls. Um, yeah, I thought yeah. it was really, really cool how they introduced the concept of, um, Fred's ascot, like Wonder Woman uses the lasso of truth, where he did a front flip over, um, 30 different ghouls, used, uh, pulled his, uh, ascot around a ghoul and garroted it to death, crushing its esophagus. I thought that was yeah. really, really unique. Um, and you know, I think that with the, the concept of the first flame, um, and Shaggy being the furtive pygmy, I think it really went back to the whole toast and mouth, you know, always late because of food thing. Like, totally. like Shaggy didn't get to take part in the fights because he was busy using, uh, uh roasting marshmallows over the first flame. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so something you said about the first flame, I, I see this in here. Um, you're talking about how uh, the, the humans afflicted with the undead curse perpetually resurrect after their death until they eventually lose their minds, a process referred to as the hollowing. Yeah. And I think that that's such a brilliant reimagining because when you think of the kind of like vacant, like vacuous gut that Scooby and Shaggy have, they truly are hollow individuals, ones who have this kind of insane black hole that constantly seeks to be filled. And I think that this is really a very deliberate meta commentary on the current like Gen Z millennial crisis in which like we f- we will not have a positive net worth until we hit an average age of like 31 you know like we are the hollowed out generation and I think that that's what Scooby and Shaggy's you know insatiable appetite has always represented mm-hmm. but to see it manifested here where in their kind of like hollow ghoulish rage at a certain point they don't just um, they don't just you know view each other as the cartoon turkeys like they do in the original series they they literally rip the, each other's limbs off Tokyo ghoul style mm-hmm. consuming them until only at the last second do they have that kind of reawakening of the spark where they realize this is my friend i, I shouldn't consume their leg mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that i think that really speaks back to the friendship no jutsu uh the mm. power of friendship concept Absolutely. that we were talking about earlier really Absolutely. great but 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 speaking of millennials and gen z and, and just sort of what the current trend is in regards to how we should treat each other i really thought that the romance between daphne and the gnarled king w- w- was actually more sensitive than than i originally anticipated i'm shocked um, they pulled it off yeah, it was really like a, a Beauty and the Beast type trope, which can be overdone. But mm. in this case, I really felt that it was tasteful. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like, it, it's the, the question is always like, what did the Beast do in the original Be Beauty and the Beast that was so bad? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you kind of wonder like, okay, well, it's just because he looks that way. But it makes it a lot clearer that the Gnarled King sits on his bone throne that is supported by the meat flesh of his subjugants. And, uh, and, and you really get to see, well, no, there's a body count with the Gnarled King. He is a beast, dude. Mm -hmm. Fuck this other beast who just kind of like look like a, a monkey buffalo. Like this is a real ass dude. This is a real one, dude. He does it for the streets. Right, which actually, um, which actually, uh, when when you're looking at it, when you're looking at like the gnarled king, the gnarled king's body count, and his his single-minded drive to wipe out all of humanity and consume the light of the sun, um, mm. I really felt like, does the beauty deserve the beast here? Ooh, ooh, I so don't you know. mean like? So you mean like why why is a why is a a bony king like this even messing around with this fleshy? Yeah, bitch? is he wasting like his time? I don't mm. know. They they kind of made me wonder. Like, I, seems like he's got better things to do. If you ask me. And if I do have one criticism of the Scooby-Doo universe, it's that Daphne is presented to kind of be this, you know, ever-desired uh, kind of like hottie with the body, mm -hmm. and yet her her personality, her her, her skill set, kind of whack, dude. I mean, like, Velma's the one who always got, like, the good brain, and mm -hmm. you know, the fucking good thighs. She got, like, she she a little DJ Nicholas Thickless up in here, mm -hmm. but um, Daphne's, I think she's a little vacuous. If I had to say, I think she's a little vacuous, and your criticism about the Gnarled King romance is spot on. Yeah. Oh, and 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 finally, finally, my, Fi one of my final points. Finally, someone acknowledged that Scooby was trans. Finally, someone said it. Um, and, finally. And, 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 and I've been thinking it for years, um, and, and I've been kind of scared to say it, but now I think I'm I'm. I'm in a safe space where I can finally. Well, it's like the Princess Bubblegum Marceline romance in Adventure Time, where like it's clearly there, and yet for like whatever reason, whether it's that like the 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 production company is like too worried about like how the like Russian and Chinese markets will react to like mm -hmm. stating a queer relationship, mm -hmm. like you know you know explicitly, it's like it's always there, but just to state it, it gives it so much power. So 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 go on about your thoughts about this. Well, it's just interesting, you know. It, it took Warner Bros. fifty two years to fess up to that Scooby. Yeah. Scooby, I mean, if you really think about the name, that's a very mm -hmm. gender neutral name. That's not inherently masculine. Um, I don't think so. that, that can, that can be, uh, you know, attributed to anyone. You don't need to be a specific gender to be named Scooby. And, 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 and in fact, you know, I, I just think that the fact that Warner Bros took that long to do it, but they, they eventually got up the courage to admit like, yeah. yeah, this, this was our original concept. This is what we've always wanted. But, you know, we, we were a bit ahead of our time. Mm. Uh, I just promise it was to them. Yeah, Props process to them because it and it was always there and something that I mean was very clear is you know we never saw Scooby's genitals exactly and you think about and you think I about thought it was like just because they neutered him oh I see I see but the thing That's is they don't, they, they don't chop your dick off in that and it's something right. where like in children's That's animation true. when people think like you know blue in blues clues we know blue is a girl because we see her pussy all the time you know what I mean we know that the Paw Patrol we know their genders because they're not wearing pants we yes. know Donald Duck's penis is always out but we never really got well actually you know it's funny because ducks actually there's our um there like are more like yeah 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 yeah. Got so like a corkscrew. We never got the whole picture. Like Disney wasn't wasn't that brave in doing it, but mm -hmm. but they they gave it a shot. It was kind of half assed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, because Scooby has become a trans icon, much like the Babadook has become a bisexual icon. Yes. When I when I talk to other trans people, um, 
and and we talk about you know these stereotypical trans names it's the same thing on the list always it's Caden, Aiden, Jaden, Oliver, Levi and Scooby. Yes. Those are the stereotypical like trans names now. And I I mean I personally know like 20 or 30 Scoobies and this was like their main definition because it's you know this playful name everybody likes clearly gender neutral but just to put words to it man finally and, in Scooby Doo and the Gnarled King. And, like, and one more one more thing on that yeah. that that just really spoke to me was that um Scooby has this this trope of you know constantly being afraid, constantly being afraid of of, mm. of the the monsters chasing him, chasing them, and, and 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 just you know eating to fill that void, and, and constantly relying on their partner Shaggy to to lift them, quite literally lift them when they're running mm. away from their troubles. Um, and I think, but like at the end of every movie and every episode, Scooby always steps up, always steps up. Always mm. remains true to themselves. And I think that the fact that Warner Bros. finally admitted, like, yes, Scooby is trans. This is who they are. This is what they need to be. Um, I think that really speaks to their arc as a whole, you know, like being afraid to say something in the beginning and then finally acknowledging mm. it, finally saying, yes, this is who I am. Absolutely. Yes, this is who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that the the bravest change that has been announced is that in that future, the Scoob and the Sword movie, they uh-huh. finally will, you know, they're getting rid of Scooby Snacks as like dog food, which is not at all transcoded. And they are changing it to Flaming Hot uh, flaming hot Cheetos, which I think is going to be much more accurate as to the, you know, the, 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 the queer lifestyle. In and it rolls of, off the know, tongue better. It does. It does. You know, like, would I do it for framing on Rito's? Yeah, absolutely. It works. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, we're we're looking forward to seeing that. But that said, as we're kind of wrapping it up on Scooby-Doo and the Gnarled King, um, what are the strongest, weakest parts of it? Who would we recommend this to? Is it good? What do you what are you thinking as we we give our final thoughts on this? Well, you know, I feel like one of the strongest parts is the surprise factor here. Mm. I feel like when you look at the cover, you know, you always see like, Shaggy and Scooby being chased by the monster while the rest of the gang is in the background. But in this one, in this one, you see, um, you see, uh, Fred, whose ascot is dangling far below his, uh, his, his pants. You see that, mm. uh, Shaggy has actually grown wings, uh, um, as, as he, uh, ascends into his true form. You see that Scooby is, in fact, um, excuse me, you see that Scooby, uh, despite the fact that they usually don't wear clothes, you can now finally see their genitals on the front cover. And, um, I think it was just really, really exciting how, um, Oh, excuse me. Uh, how, how like Velma wasn't even on the front and, and like you walk into the movie thinking like, where's Velma? Like where, where is she at? And then you realize, oh, she's dead. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Velma's yeah, yeah, dead. Yeah. yeah. Velma's dead. And Velma's the inspiration for why those of you who are watching the video, I'm wearing, you know, my, my like orange, orange sweater today. But, um, I, I think that the, the realism was my favorite part of it because when you describe, you know, Scooby or Shaggy his wings, it's not, you know, angelic typical wings. It's literally as if through a, a terrible Kafkaesque metamorphosis, he buckled over and like a meat umbrella of his ribs has stretched out behind him. It uh-huh. truly is some pretty, pretty deranged, um, and dark stuff, but stuff that really makes me believe it like I never did before. And speaking of anime links, Scooby-Doo makes me believe it. And so, you know, again, that's why I got to land it. So who would we recommend this to? Uh, everyone who can hear. Uh, that's not mm. to say uh, deaf people can't watch this this movie as well. Uh, they do have I'm subtitles. Canceling Hal, I'm getting on Twitter right now. I'm sorry. They do have I'm subtitles really in multiple languages. Uh, unlike, uh, unlike the, um, the uh, 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 Something in the witch, uh, Irig and the witch, which, Irig, which yeah, only yeah. only seemed to have um, no subtitles, like none at all, which was really really frustrating on HBO Max. Fuck you, HBO Max. I uh, just wanted to plug that real quick. Um, 
I would recommend this to everybody, everybody that can, that, that, that can experience it. I just think that it's a good all around reimagining of an, of an, an iconic gang of, 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 of troublemakers, you know, that, that want to solve the mystery, uh, and just be true to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, that the thing that'll really reach us out in the new markets is the voice cast. I mean, you got yes. Lance, you got Lance Reddick as Fred. You got uh, Laverne Cox as Scooby Doo. You have some, some really A caliber casting. Who, who is your favorite, uh, uh, cast member in this, I, you know, all star line? Well, I mean, like, look, I'm a big villain stan in every movie. Mm. Like, like, like Dio Brando. Love the voice actor for Dio Brando. And, and I think that, um, I think that Nicolas Cage as the Gnarled King was really a surprising choice. For it sure, he hasn't done a lot choice. of voice work, but my no, God. But, but when he did, he went in with a bang, right? He did. A real, I mean, well, it was a literal bang in that there was an explosion and then sex. Yes. But, I mean, the, the energy, too, was like a bang as well. Yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, who would you say your favorite was? Um, I would have to say that amongst the... Amongst the whole cast, I was really grateful that they introduced um, uh, 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 DMX into the uh, role of Daphne. I mm-hmm. think that that it was always, you know, Daphne's voice actress was always very, you know, sh- I don't want to say shrill and annoying. I don't want to use like too too heavily gendered stuff. Yeah, here. I was about but, to say, um, yeah. But, you know, I honestly think that that supporting previously incarcerated people is like really necessary. And the fact that DMX has spent like 80% of his past decade in various prisons located around Western New York for just doing things like driving down the highway at 180 miles an hour uh, without uh, while while, uh, having a blindfold on. I I think that giving totally innocent dude like that a second chance is is really that's what Scooby-Doo is all about. It's about forgiveness. It's about believing in yourself. Well, it's you about- know, uh, Disney did it with Robert Downey Jr. Or Marvel did, I suppose, originally. And that exactly. really made his career soar. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing DMX sort of spread his wings again and fly. Absolutely, absolutely. So that said, firm scooby Dudes recommend for Scooby-Doo yes. and the Gnarled King. I give this one... Five Scooby Snacks. Hey, and just for those of you, it goes from one to five Scooby Snacks because if you eat any more than five Scooby Snacks, you get constipated. And that is a known fact among the Scooby-Doo fandom. It is, it is. Check it out on the wiki. Check it out on the wiki. So that said, I think that this has been perhaps the f- most successful podcast that you and I have ever done together so far. I think that that we've reached a really beautiful ending point here. And uh, I- I'm honestly really excited to continue this, this journey with you. Right, yeah, brother? so am I. So am I. I think that when it comes to making like our entrance, we really kicked the door down and just crushed everyone on the other side. I, I think that, that that was the optimal way to begin our new journey. I absolutely and, um, agree. Absolutely agree. So that said, brother, you want to lead us out? Yeah, absolutely. So um, to everyone who's really excited to see us proceed as the Scooby Dudes and watch Scooby Doo and the Gnarled King. You just got pranked, bro. April Fools! Boom! We made it up! We made it up! None of it's true! None of it's true! You're all idiots! Ha! We lied to you! We love you so much for listening up to this point, though. We love you! So we are still, we relying, we are still Howlin' Packs. Bro Talk is forever. We're still gonna be doing deep dives on what is. That's right, on what is and isn't worth watching. Um, we just thought this would be a really good idea for April Fools. We had a great time with all of you. We hope you had a good time with us. And um, if you liked this episode, we'll be moving on to an amazing new show that has been rocking online streaming services. Um, uh, this coming episode, next week, we will be reviewing Jujutsu Kaisen. Which is 
so good. Jujutsu so Kaisen is so good. I'm really sad to kind of have to turn in my, you know, Scooby Dooties cloak here. Um to to renounce my Scooby Dooties as it would be, but um uh I think that Jujutsu Kaisen is going to make up for it cuz it's one of the bombest things ever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen will help me restore the psychic damage you just gave me with that joke. I'm going to have to <laughs> <laughs> And you know, maybe Popeyes will take us back. Maybe it'll take us back after we uh d- reviewed a western cartoon this time. Well, you know, I think that our argument was compelling to begin with. I think they just needed to hear what we did afterwards. I think so. You know, they, the they probably they probably thought, oh, look at these like young bucks who already have like one dub under their belt. We need to see a history. We need to see a pattern of success. You know yes. what I mean? So yes. proving versatility. It's like when um, it's like when Michael Jordan uh, quit bas- basketball to play baseball and did totally just as good. Right. Or the time he did uh, Space Jam and um, Warner Bros. ended up scarring an entire generation of young uh, individuals who were sexually attracted to Lola Bunny. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, for our review on why Looney Tunes is the er-er anime yes. and why Lola Bunny is a direct descendant of B-Stars, check us out next April Fool's Day when <laughs> when the furry friends make their debut on your podcasting network. <laughs> uh, brother, I've had such a good time today. But um, that said, you alright if I lead us out? Absolutely, please do. All right, perfect. So everybody, thank you so much for watching us. If you like what you saw, please review us, leave a comment on our YouTube page. Check us out on YouTube, any podcasting app, social media. We're at Brotakus or Brotakus Podcast on every conceivable one of them. Check us out on Yik Yak, posting shade about our neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but we love you so much. We couldn't do this without you. And we're so excited to continue another uh, year of Brotakus. And for everyone who got excited about the Scooby Dooties, very sorry, but you know, there, there's always, there's always Patreon maybe we'll do it up sometime. maybe we'll do it again maybe we'll do it again but thank you so much for listening um and with that said all right i'm pax and i'm hal and we're the bro takus see you guys next week y'all bye guys bye <laughs>